worship team, um, Children's Church today, so children can be dismissed. Behold, he comes riding on the clouds. Who's excited for that? Like, that's really, really encouraging. Can't wait. All right. David, am I good to try to connect here? Golfing, that's not what I want. Here we go. So today, um, kind of the, the message and the title that I gave the message today is, It's the Last Hour. And Tim actually asked me about the message today, and I just simply texted him back, and I said, It's the Last Hour. And I had to kind of go in more details a little bit. But um, illustration I want to share with you. So... Three buddies die in a car crash. That's what the picture's all about. Um, and they go to heaven for an orientation. They're all asked, when you are in your casket and friends and family are mourning upon you, what would you like to hear them say about you? The first one says, I would like to hear them say I was a great doctor of my time and a great family man. The second guy says, I would like to hear that I was a wonderful husband a school teacher, which made a huge difference in our children for tomorrow. The last guy replies, I would like them, I would like to hear them say, look, he's moving. <laughs> Most people are like the last guy. When we think about, you know, when we always think about that, it's like, we're scared. Like, I mean, I was, when I was going through this, I was thinking back, like, growing up as a kid, and I still remember, you know, people, listening to messages and sermons about the last day or the last hour, and I was like, man, that's just so scary. Like, I didn't have faith. But it's like, we can look forward to that. Um, Hebrews 2, verse 14, Since then the children are shares in flesh and blood. He also himself, in a like manner, partook of the same, that through death he might bring to naught him, bring to naught him that had the power of the death, that is, the devil. And then verse 15 it says, and he might, and might deliver all them who through fear of death were all their lifetime subject to bondage. Christ's death, I mean, that's what freed us. It free, it frees us from the fear of death. Um, 1 John 4 verse 8, verse 18, there is no fear in love, but perfect love drives out fear because fear has to do with punishment. The one who fears is not made in perfect love. The, so the one thing I was thinking about as we were going through this is like, um, the more we grow in the, in our love for the Lord, the less fear, fear we have. Like, we don't have to fear death. We don't have to fear whatever happens in life. Um, judgment. Like, we don't have to fear about that. Love is better than fear. So, go to my next slide here. A plane, 37 years after takeoff. Um, another illustration. Two pilots were supposedly, this is actually true, happened years ago. 
playing on their laptops when they flew past their destination, Minneapolis, by 150 miles. So they claim they lost concentration because they were obviously just playing around and playing on their laptops. Well, if that's true, like, they were not being intentional of their destinations. Um, and I had to think, like, how is that for us today? Like, we get busy in life and we just do our things and we get sidetracked. Like, are we intentional about our aim and our focus and our goal and where we're going? Are we intentional about the relationship day-to-day with Christ? We need to stay focused and intentional on how we invest our time. Romans 13, um, 11 and 12, And do this, understanding the present time. The hour has come for you to wake up from your slumber because our salvation is nearer now than when we first believed. The night is nearly over. The day is almost here. So let us put aside the deeds of darkness and put on the armor of light. If you want to turn with me to the copy of the scripture for today, which is in 1 John um, 2, starting in verse 18. Children, it is the last hour, and as you have heard, the Antichrist is coming. So now, many Antichrists have come. Therefore we know that it is the last hour. They went out from us, but they were not of us. For if they had been of us, they would have continued with us. But they went out that it might become plain that they all are not of us. But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have the knowledge. I write to you not because you do not know the truth, but because you know it and because no lie is of the truth. Who is the liar but he who denies that Jesus Christ is the Christ? The Antichrist, this is the Antichrist, he who denies the Father and the Son. No one who denies the Son has the Father. Whoever confesses the Son has the Father also. Let what you heard from the beginning abide in you. If not, if what you heard from the beginning abides in you, then you too will abide in the Son and in the Father. And this is the promise that he made to us, eternal life. I write these things to you. I write these things to you about those who are trying to deceive you. And then verse 27, But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. So I'm going to break it out in like three different points today, um, or three different sections. And the first one is recognize the enemy. So it says in the first part there that the Antichrist is coming, so now many Antichrists have come. Um, it was interesting that John, Antichrist is only used by the Apostle John. It's nowhere else that it's actually found. Um, John said the Antichrist is coming, and there are many. Antichrist simply means opposed to Christ. It was when I was doing some research on the Antichrist, so I was using an online search and when I typed in Antichrist, one of the first things that popped up was, is Donald Trump the Antichrist? Which I thought was kind of funny. But, um, but yeah, they may claim to be prophets, but are opposed to Christ. You can tell by what they say and do. The 
NLT translation of verse 19, um, it's, it says, These people left our churches, but they never really belonged with us. Otherwise, they would have stayed with us. When they left, it proved that they did not belong with us. And that's the first direct statement that John makes about the false teachers. At one point, they were part of the church, part of the community, in fellowship with John and the other apostles, but then they left the fellowship and evidently formed a separate community based on their false teachings. And I had to think, like, um, we just... I mainly started, the kids were watching it with me a little bit. Um, the Chosen, we started watching that a little bit, and it was like the Pharisees in there and how adamant they were, like they knew what was right. And just some of the false teachings that were going on, like I just started watching it, but it was just it was interesting. Um, my last point there, one night... Thomas Carl took Ralph Waldo Emerson through the dark streets of one of London's worst sections and commented, do you believe in the devil now? And I just had to think, like, I never had the experience to go into some of the um, the worst sections or the bad parts of, you know, the world or the country or whatever. But, like, for those, uh, like, if we would go to those areas, like, there's definitely places where you can see that you know, the devil is real and he's among us. Philippians three seventeen and 18. Join with others in following my example, brothers, and take note of those who live according to the pattern we gave you. For as I have often told you before, and now say again, even with tears... Many live as enemies of the cross of Christ. A few other verses that kind of go along um, with the first point there is James 4, 7 and 8. Submit yourselves then to God. Resist the devil and he will flee from you. Come near to God and he will come near to you. 1 Peter 5, 8 and 9. Be self-controlled and alert. Your enemy the devil prowls around like a roaring lion looking for someone to devour. Resist him, standing firm in the faith. Ephesians six, ten and 11. Finally be strong in the Lord and his mighty power. Put on the full armor of God so that you can take your stand against the devil's schemes. The second point um, is in remember you are, you're united. So in verse 20... But you have been anointed by the Holy One, and you all have the knowledge. What does that mean? I think when I like when I broke that down, or when I just you know simply asked myself, like we know the truth. The truth is Jesus Christ, um, and we've been anointed by the Holy Spirit when we surrender to Christ. This means that we're united with Christ. Couple bullet points on that. Like, we are never finished when it comes to our study in Christ. We must keep on keeping on till we die. We will continue to grow in grace and knowledge of Christ. We need to know more about Him and we need more of Him in our lives. We must not stop growing in Him. So, another simple illustration. Um, 
that I found is Tonto and the Lone Ranger were riding together when all of a sudden on both sides there were Native Americans dressed for battle. The Lone Ranger turned to Tonto and he said, What are we going to do? Tonto replied, What do you mean, we, white man? (laughs) How is that in our life every day? Like, are we united with Christ that we can face the challenges and the struggles that we're faced every day with? So, Philippians 3, 12-14, Not that I have already obtained all this or have already already been made perfect, but I press on to take hold of that for which Christ Jesus took hold of me. Brothers, I do not consider myself yet to have taken hold of it, But one thing I do, forgetting what is behind and straining toward what is ahead, I press on toward the goal to win the prize for which God has called me heavenward in Christ Jesus. 2 Peter 3, 17 and 18. Therefore, dear friends, since you already know this, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away by the error of lawless men and fall from your secure position. But grow in the grace and knowledge of our Lord and Jesus, Lord and Savior, Jesus Christ, to Him be glory both now and forever. I had to think, um, be on your guard so that ye, so that you may not be carried away. So I was in, um, I was in Dallas this week and we were kind of in the inner city parts of Dallas and I've never seen, I've been to Dallas a lot of different times, but I've never seen so many homeless people and just I mean, there was a lot of stuff just going on within the inner city that it just like it honestly made you feel a little bit creepy to a sense, I guess I should say. And like I just had to think like, what are these what are these people living? Like, what spirit is in them? What's driving them? Like there was there was things going on as we were unfortunately my Uber driver the one morning did not follow the directions and took me around the back into a worse part of the city. And there, like, there was stuff going on there that I've never seen before. Not just homeless people, but just other things that are not of the good spirit that you could see. Like, it just, you know, I just had to think, like, on that verse, be on your guard so that you may not be carried away. So he talks about, um, Continuing on, staying the course. Um, Albert Einstein's young neighbor asked the white-haired scientist, what are you actually by profession? Einstein replied, I devote myself to the study of physics. The young girl looked at him in astonishment. You mean to say you study physics at your age? She explained. I finished mine a year ago. We have to stay the course. We have to continue. Uh, the third point, remain in Christ. So in verse 27, But the anointing that you receive from him abides in you, and you have no need that anyone should teach you. But as his anointing teaches you about everything, and is true and is no lie, just as it has taught you, abide in him. In that verse, John uses abide twice. What does abide mean? What does that mean for us? Um, and he talks about the anointing that you've received from him. I think the 
that the first bullet point, that's actually a different translation uh, that I have up there. But what does that mean for us, the anointing that, that we have as Christians and as we gather together as a church? What does that look like for us? To Timothy 4, 7, and 8, I have fought the good fight, I have finished the race, I have kept the faith. Now there is in store for me the crown of righteousness, which the Lord, the righteous judge, will award to me on that day, and not only me, but also to all who have longed for his appearing. So, continuing the fight, staying in faith, um, I think this is on my... Yep. So, according to 1974 newspaper item, Leo Fortier had rung the bell of his church in Three Rivers, Quebec, every Sunday for 52 years. That's faithfulness. It's called sticking with the job, doing the work. That's how we stay the course. So, something I had to ask myself and just I had to think about is, how many Christians today can say, I have the good fight, I have kept the faith, I stay the course. We're not just checking the boxes. We're not just doing what needs to be done in our community, in our church, whatever that might be. So another interesting article that I found was, and I'll just read this, one man tells of Dr. Robertson A. Baptist was the greatest scholar of his time on the Greek New Testament. He wrote more than 50 scholarly books on the New Testament. His big grammar, as he called it, 1,454 pages, was recognized worldwide as the classical work on the Greek New Testament. His former students always will remember him as being hard on them. One day he said about his students, they will be preaching the New Testament for the rest of their lives, and I want them to know it. He had a great passion for souls. While preaching during the invitation in a revival meeting, he left the pulpit and walked up and down the aisles, exhorting lost people to accept Christ as their Savior. The man said, I sat in his senior Greek class, at a Southern Baptist seminary on a Monday afternoon in September 1934. I was not more than 15 feet from him, not knowing a stroke was coming on him that would take his life an hour and a half later. On Friday, on the Friday before that, he gave what was probably the greatest testimony about the New Testament. To our class, he said, Young gentlemen, I have been studying, teaching, preaching, and writing about the New Testament for more than 50 years but I have never opened my Greek New Testament that I don't learn something new. After his death, a student received permission to take a picture of his desk as he left it. Papers and reference books were spread out on his desk. His pencil and the green eye shades he wore wore when studying and writing were laying on the page on which he had been working. In the midst of a busy task, he laid down his pencil, took off his eye shades, picked up his class, his class book and taught his class and then went home and died. He stayed the course. So, 
So in closing, just kind of a recap, recognize the enemy, remember you're united, remain in Christ. Twenty-four hours to live. That is an, an ad that somebody actually, a TV um, show, used years ago to shock people. And they used twenty-four hours to live, and then in the in the one corner they had today. That is the only thing we're promised is right now, here today. We're not promised tomorrow. So, do you know what time it is? It's the last hour when we must remain in Christ. What does that look like? Love God, love, love people every day. I found a photo to put in the end there that I thought kind of brought it all together. And if you haven't, if you haven't watched, Chris actually encouraged me to watch it, The Chosen. If you haven't watched that, I would encourage you to take the time to do that. That is really, really good. And... Jesus is there waiting for us. With that, um, join me and we'll pray. And then, Tim, I think you have a closing song. Let's pray. Heavenly Father, we come to you today. Thank you for giving us another opportunity and another day. I just pray that you would be, <coughs> would be with us, guide and lead us as we go through the remainder of the day. And, Father, I just pray that as we go through this week, help us to remember to... Stay the course, keep fighting the fight, keep faith as we, as we go through this, this week. And just to, to love people and to love God, to grow our relationships and to, to stay focused on what's important and to keep our goals in line with st- keeping the fight for you. Father, I just thank you for this opportunity. I thank you for the opportunity to gather together with fellow believers and to fellowship with each other, and just bless each and every one as they go through the remainder of the week. In Jesus' name I pray, amen.